everybody. Welcome to our Latinx Learners channel. It is so good to see you again. It's been a little while. I'm Michelle Gunther Wilson. And I'm Daniel Villanueva. And today we're going to be talking about how to get promoted. And this is a, a very timely um, episode because I recently got promoted. Got promoted. And yeah. so we're going to work that experience into our conversation. It was simultaneously exciting exhilarating, nerve-wracking, uh, a little bit depressing. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. It was it was all of the things at one time, which is surprising because you think you're just going to be excited. Um, but promotability um, relates to uh, a lot of different things. And so we're going to take you through uh, this topic by telling you how Right. That, it's interesting. Most people, this is something you don't talk about, right? You can't necessarily talk about it with your boss. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps your family doesn't know enough about higher ed. Mm -hmm. um, and so we wanted to come on and share just a little bit about how uh, our experiences have shaped us and what we think we've done, mm -hmm. what we've learned, and kind of share that with you uh, regarding the topic of how to get promoted, right? Most oftentimes, I never talked about it with my boss, right? Because they would think that I want their job, and sometimes I thought I could do a better job, and I could have, right? And then sometimes there are people that you, know, you didn't want to discuss it with because they were just so much more advanced than mm -hmm. you, right? So we thought that it would be a really good uh, show, a really good episode to visit with you about uh, some of the things we think you should know about how to get promoted, right? So we jot, uh, jotted some notes down, we talked thoroughly about it, and we've got uh, a couple of things we want to share with you. The first thing I think that we uh, want to cover is that there are six things that we're going to, six subtopics that we're going to cover um, that will guide you, that we think would guide you to getting promoted, right? Mm -hmm. The first one is universally something we think that Latinos kind of just embrace and know. And so we just want to get that out of the way, right? Which most often uh, we're taught as young Latinos in our family, growing up in our community, that hard work really pays off, right? right. And I think that for so many of us, uh, it's ingrained in our culture. It's who we are, mm -hmm. um, right? From our historical, uh, you know, backgrounds of right. our immigrants coming to the country, still coming to the country, right? Working really workers. hard, blue collar workers, and understanding that. And so, you know, we wanted to get that out of the way and just just acknowledge that one of the things that you have to do to get promoted is work really hard, right? Mm -hmm. And and in some instances. From my perspective, uh, as a young administrator early on in my career, I thought that was perhaps the only thing, that was the most important thing right. that I needed to know and that I needed to do to get promoted. And I think um, after you know a short stint in higher ed of 12 years, mm -hmm. I've learned some things to know that it is important, but there are so many different other aspects that we're gonna cover that we think you should know that have to coincide, right? Yeah. It's a package deal. Yeah. So hard work, let's talk about hard work. Um, so. I associate this topic with that feeling that you get when you're running from meeting to meeting to meeting and you catch yourself and you think, oh my gosh, why am I, why, my husband will say it like, why are you out of breath? You're like on the computer. It's like, I don't know. I'm just working hard all the time. And, and so that feeling of working hard in our um, in our profession, it's not the same as what our parents and grandparents encountered. It's a different kind of working hard. And I think we need to highlight that and say that working hard in higher education, working hard in college, it, what it really means is keeping your eye on the ball mm -hmm. and seeing the end zone, always right. seeing the goal um, and, and making incremental progress daily 
towards meeting that goal. That's what working hard means. It doesn't mean you're out of breath, you're running from meeting to meeting, I was late today. Your fingers hurt. You're running through the parking lot, right? right. It's not that, no, especially not that. For us, it's definitely not that our our industry is taking a physical toll on our health, right? right? It shouldn't. But uh, it has to do with persistence and focus. Hard work uh, is characterized differently in our industry. I think one of the things um, that oftentimes uh, gets misconstrued is hard work is working the hours that I get paid for as well, right? And I think that Talk one of the that. things that uh, I have learned, um, it, it's kind of my personality and who I am. I enjoy work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife enjoys work. So I, some people mm-hmm. might call us workaholics. I just call us uh, people with ambition, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you think about it, uh, we get paid from you know eight to five. Right. right. We have a lunch hour, and I never miss my lunch hour, ever. I'm going to lunch. Hmm. Deuces. Right. Let's go find some tacos. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I don't work twelve hours a day. Right. And it may not look the same. It may For not everyone. look behind my desk. Right. It it could be thinking. It could right. be replaying meetings and how I'm going to approach a situation tomorrow. Yeah. It could be... Um, you work late. <laughs> role playing, oh yeah. Yeah, because I'll get emails and text messages like at 10 o'clock. Yeah. You know, and, and so I'm like asleep. I don't think people realize that you have to work and, and hard work means working more than you're required. It does, and, and that's funny that you should say that because it's something that I'm trying to teach my kids right now, all three of them, simultaneously at their different ages. Good is, luck. It's hard because I'm trying to teach them that you're always looking for opportunities to achieve a task and to help others. So I want them to be goal oriented and to say, what needs to be done here? Let's do it. I want them to to, to be problem solvers. And so working hard has to be defined before Mm -hmm. you can. So you have to define in whatever industry you're in right now, whatever level you're in, whether you're a first generation college student going into your first semester in the spring or you're a seasoned college, you know, community college or university professional, what is your definition of hard work for your job description and how are you moving towards that? And I don't think you can get promoted uh, unless you've done the other things really well No, I without agree. hard work, right? I think that is foundational. Although yes. I have seen buffoons work in higher ed who <laughs> no. don't work hard and we get don't promoted, have right? And you know who I'm talking about. There are no tontos in higher ed. <laughs> I'll give you the list. <laughs> Hold on. No. Um, but understanding that, you know, uh, it's not exclusive and it's not mutual in terms of promotion and hard work, right? Yes. It is foundational. Some people get around it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, right? Um, but for, for me and my advice that I'd share with anybody is that it's foundational. You have to work hard. You do, but you cannot believe that that's the only way that you're going to get promoted. Um, I have students in the classroom that work hard all semester. That does not mean that they're going to become better writers and pass my class. Right. Their level of working hard is not the same definition as mine. So, yeah. And you're a mean teacher. I have high standards, but I love my students. And Did you get know emails it. already? No, about I didn't get any. No emails about no, your grades yet. No, none. Have you posted grades? Yes. Wow. I'm very transparent. Either about you the communicated very well, or your students right there have just walked on. I've right? been communicating. So, so let's move to the next one. Yeah. So I think one of the things that I it's been difficult is moving past the idea that hard work is it. Right. right, And the next kind of five things that we're going to talk about are things that I think I've had to learn through bad experiences. Right? That's what life is all about. That's what life is all about, right? And the number one thing that my parents could never have shared with me 
um, primarily because they didn't work in an industry where this was much appreciated, right? Mm -hmm. My dad would always say to me, and still does, right? He would say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Exactly. And what he meant by that, and what I couldn't understand, is that networking plays a huge role mm -hmm. in your promotion. And when we're talking about networking, I don't necessarily think I mean networking exclusive to one kind of definition, right? It could be networking within your institution. Right. It could be networking amongst professional colleagues. Mm -hmm. It could be networking in professional organizations. Professional organizations. Mm -hmm. And it could also be networking online. Mm -hmm. Right, which We're is kind of a new that. avenue that most people are afraid of or uncomfortable with, right? Mm -hmm. But I think when we talk about networking, it's got to have a broad perspective, right? Kind of mm -hmm. a broad definition in these multiple things. But I wanted to start off by asking you, looking at our culture, mm -hmm. what are some transferable skills that we could kind of identify between our culture mm -hmm. and what we kind of define as professional networking in higher ed? Okay, so one of them that we talked about was the idea of how we were raised mm. to uh, enter a room. Yes. What What do we do when we enter a room? You are taught to saludar. That's correct. You are taught that you are going to walk around the room and you're going to say hello to all of your theos and your theas. Begrudgingly. Yes. Right. Whatever, whoever it is, my it mom the cousin would pinch you don't me like, under the arm. Yeah. You're going to saludar. Yes. And right. so and go say you know hi. What? What's funny is Brock just got after my husband got after the kids last night because they came to the kids' uh, Christmas show. Okay. Nanny and Papo came, and when the show was over, the kids ran off to find their friends. And, and they didn't say goodbye. They didn't find Nanny and Papo and say bye, and my husband got after them in the car and said, you always make time to tell your Nanny and your Papo goodbye. That's just part of our culture, right? Right. So how does that translate to networking in higher ed? That means when you go into those meetings, as uncomfortable as it can be sometimes, um, because we all like our own special, quiet you know, place in a meeting, you all try and find the ideal seat so that you don't have to interact too much sometimes. <laughs> it's it's part of what you do and you have to do it with a smile. You know, yeah. I, I shouldn't have to pinch Daniel as his colleague to say, Mira. Go say hi. You didn't say hi, you know. <laughs> you have to do it yourself. You have to walk around and say hi. I'm, you know, Dr. Michelle Cantu Wilson. I work at, you know, my institution and I, you know, just want to know what you do. Where'd you come from? Right. How'd you get here? How, but how did you learn how to do that? Because that's so uncomfortable, especially when I first started, right? It was so uncomfortable to walk around a room of people who don't look like me, mm -hmm. who have a uh, different appreciation for things, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm coming in with all these self, all the self-doubt and insecurities, right? Mm -hmm. About uh, my language, my culture, who right. I am, whether I belong. Yes. How do you overcome that and just Kind two, of own it. two different ways for me. One of them is uh, an insult that I received as a child. Mm, as a young junior high girl, somebody said to me, you always walk in with your nose in the air. She always They said it to a friend. She always walks into a room with her nose in the air. Like, se cree mucho, right? <laughs> and if they knew that I was coming to school not having eaten breakfast, if they knew that my lights had been cut off the night before and that I did my homework by candlelight, they would have never thought that about me because that's not how I walk into a room. I think the, when I walk into a room, I'm just really proud that I can be there. Yeah. And it's very important to me to prove that I can compete because my background wasn't easy. People misread me and thought, well, because I walk in confident, my back is straight, background in dancing, you know, great posture, uh, <laughs> that, that I'm walking in y me creo mucho. And it's not that. It's just that 
if I'm going to do anything, I have to believe in myself first. Yeah. The second one is just, I was in acting classes and they do these random assignments where in, in your acting, you know, exercises, you have to walk around and say stupid things to each other in a circle and you just keep greeting him. You know, you walk up to somebody and you say, oh, what's the price of tea in China? And they had to come back with a witty and entertaining response. Um, yeah. So um, just encountering people that you don't know in an acting class and doing an exercise, and it had to be done within the span of a minute. It was also timed. It reduces your anxiety about meeting people. That doesn't mean I don't have social anxiety. I do oh, yeah. get uncomfortable. Yeah. But I've just I have these techniques in my back pocket too. So interestingly enough, you know. Um, one of the things that someone kind of shared with me early on was when you network, ask a lot of questions about that person. Oh yes, because they want to. They want to talk. But right? we're naturally inquisitive because and we so, like to know the cheese so Yeah, me we being do want to know and want to know, know the where cheese did you come from and who do you I'm know. I'm the same and, way. And how how was your drive in? But and, it oh, makes you came it easier. Place, right? Yeah. No, it makes it really definitely easier. don't talk about yourself. No. Ask questions. Speaking no. of, there was a superintendent in Dallas who shared with one of my colleagues from my doc uh, my doctorate. Uh, she said one leadership principle that you can remind yourself of is WAIT, W-A-I-T, which is why am I talking? Hmm. As leaders, we should be listening. Yeah. And so when you're at you know a conference and you're doing this networking, why am I talking? Let me ask questions. Yeah, Let it's me. really important. Mm -hmm. I also think one thing before we move on from networking, um, the idea of networking online. Right, and how that looks, and you how know, it looks. Oh, I believe in that. Different. That's how I met I, you. I, well, that's how we met, right? And that's why we're doing this uh, exactly. YouTube channel. And that's why we're connecting with you. But I think it's really important that people get comfortable with it, mm -hmm. right? Because uh, I'll share a story with you. I was in Chicago at a professional development association, and um, you know, I <laughs> what was the word that you called me earlier? Uh, bragging about yourself. You oh, said, uh, wait, you don't want to be chocante. Chocante. I yeah. was being very chocante, right? Very. So we were in this pizza place, was and there I was alcohol telling. Involved? <laughs> there was no alcohol involved yet. On the, Chips on the and story. salsa. Chips and pizza. Pizza. Okay. So we were in this pizza place, and we were waiting in this crowded area for us to go get a table. Mm. And so I was telling them, "Oh my God, I have the social media following, and people communicate with me, and I, you know, I get job offers I and all so these awesome. things, right? Yeah, yeah." And they were like, "Uh huh, mm -hmm. kind of leery of me, right?" Yeah. And I'm introducing myself to these people. I kind of know them, but did you happen to be with other Latinos? Yes, okay. all Latinos, okay. right? And so as we're communicating, somebody taps me on the shoulder and it's this guy that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I turn around and he's like, hey, are you Daniel? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I know you from LinkedIn. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> see, I'm telling you, right? So it, two beautiful. things about it. What's interesting is that people, when you share a lot on social media, people feel like they know you. They do. And the interesting thing is I really don't know these people and they right. don't know me, right? right? And so it's always just a bit awkward to be mm -hmm. like, hey, you how are you? have to be gracious you? about it. Right, yeah. and, and not make it awkward. And I'm learning right. how not to make it awkward. Oh, tell me a little bit about yourself. And yes. he was, you know, at the Bush School at Texas A&M and I had known him, I just hadn't connected with him and I didn't right. know who he was at the moment, right? So it, it works out well. But I think there are some really important lessons about being able to network online, mm -hmm. right? In different ways. Mm -hmm. The third thing, learn patience right we had originally originally thought about have patience have patience yes and after discussing it we thought maybe it's much more about learn patience. i said right? dear daniel i recently went through a job promotion experience and i did not have patience but with your help and the help of others i learned patience in the week of waiting to yeah. hear that i got the job yeah it's it's important that you understand high red moves slow 
right? Mm -hmm. And that hiring process is both with promotions, internal, external job interviews are really complex. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things at play. Right. right. There is this committee that's kind of evaluating you. Right. Right. There's the hiring manager that's kind of getting feedback from people and coordinating um, the effort. Coordinated. There's this informal network, right? Mm -hmm. That may reach out on your behalf right. or may share some things that are negative on your back. Right. Like mm -hmm. it's really complicated, right? right. So there's a the electronic network yeah. of where your documents go, and then there is HR. And then there's HR. Mm -hmm. And we all know HR and higher ed. We love you all, HR professionals. We understand your job Slow, is very challenging. <laughs> methodical. Yes. Next week we'll get to it. Right, right. Like my middle child. Just right. not in a real big hurry. So learning patience both from like being an applicant mm -hmm. to getting the job. Mm -hmm. Even sometimes you may not get the job, you've got to be patient and understanding that that wasn't a good fit. And we're going to talk right? about that. And most importantly, how how timing, which mm -hmm. is the next, we're going to just skip right over from learning patience. Right and the timing, right? I think uh, sometimes people are really advantageous about their career and they want these high expectations. And some people have this false sense that if I go get a bachelor's and then go get a master's and then mm -hmm. go get a doctorate, mm -hmm. I'm ready for a high level job. Yes, right? I have a story for that. And concurrently, you have to be educated as well as have a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't think people understand that it really is a balance. And people have said to me, well, it's taken me 10 years to get your doctorate. I've been working, thank you. Like some of us have to work to eat, like pay bills, right? So, so think about this balance of being mm -hmm. educated, but also having the experience, right? Mm -hmm. So, you were going to share a story about. So, um, when I was timing. an assistant principal, um, circling back both to the paid learning patients and then also um, the timing. When I was an assistant principal, we had to hire teachers, and then we had to hire other assistant principals, and I was kind of the lead on some of these things. So, I remember interviewing. Um, even teachers who would say, you know, I would say, well, where do you see yourself? It's always one of the questions, but um, people who would say, well, I want to teach for three years and then I want to be an assistant principal for three, three years and then I want to be a principal. Wow. And I was thinking, I don't think I have the emotional bandwidth to handle your ambition because the work of higher, uh, the work of K through 12 is, is, it's just, you have to be in the game if you're going to change lives, if you're going yeah. to capture students and, and meet their needs. So I remember thinking, your timing doesn't align with the goals that we have at this campus. You know, we want to know that you want to be here yeah. because that means a lot to the community. Yeah. For, for low SES, you know, high at-risk communities, uh, people sticking around means a lot and makes a difference. So um, timing, your timing may not align with where you are and yeah. you have to recognize that and, and be aware of what's happening around you. So watch other people who are getting promoted. How long were they there? What kinds of things did they do? Right. Um, while they were waiting to be promoted, how did they manage their own sense of timing? You know? And and take it in into consideration as perspective, but don't compare. Right? Yes, because right. I don't think expect most people compare. Right. Well, they were there for this and this. Way. Right. Because it goes back to timing. Right. And luck. Right. Has a huge role in this that right. we don't talk about. Right. You yes. being at the right time at the right place with the right support, mm -hmm. you can you can do some magical things. Right. Mm -hmm. But there are times at which you are just there mm -hmm. and you're and, working hard. And let me see your list again. Yeah. The response towards um, the timing and then the network that exists behind promotion. Uh, your response matters. So mm -hmm. if it's not your time to be promoted, um, try not to be sour grapes about it. Mm -hmm. Try not to get bitter um, because 
people are paying attention to reactions. Yeah. You know, the reaction sibling, is more important than anything. I have a sibling who, in his industry, um, how you react to not getting promoted to one of those high-level positions matters so much in your um, being included in future opportunities. Yeah, and and it's very much a service-oriented um, uh, profession like ours. So your response to timing as determined by someone else matters. Yeah. So you want to get promoted, you want this job, you find out it's not actually the right fit because you didn't get the job. How do you respond professionally? Yeah, and, and maintaining a very positive yes. response. Continuing right? to serve in the role that you're in because that's what you're there for. Yeah, yeah. it's hard. It right? is. It's really hard. Those are offline conversations. Yeah, they are. You know, whenever I was applying for things at, at institutions that you knew about, and I'm like, well, dang, look at the email I got. It's another rejection. Who did I talk to? I didn't go to the institution and say, dear institution, you know, yeah. I talked to you. Yeah. And what did I say? The right job will come. Exactly. And right? it, did. It, it It will come. Okay. Uh, politics, right? As we are on this historic day and in, in our um, country, in our country mm -hmm. and the representatives are voting on impeaching the president, right? Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about politics. Politics really is something uh, that I think in our culture isn't necessarily talked about, but I think that there's a lot of things that we engage in culturally that mm -hmm. would be transferable to this, right? But understanding- Why politics talked about in our culture? Well, I think it, it's talked about, but in different languages, different kind of scenarios, right? Mm -hmm. When you think about politics, um, my parents and our culture never talked about the politics of power, right. politics of authority, right? Um, we talked about politics and how it impacted us, right? Mm -hmm. But it was very much from a subservient kind of perspective, right? right? Like we don't engage, we don't uh, have mm -hmm. power, mm -hmm. but this is what will happen to us, right? right? Both in society and so in sad. local communities, right? We are trying but to change that. When you think about politics, I think, uh, you know, it, you really defined it well with power. Right, and I think for me in an institution, one of the things that I uh, learned is that it goes into to being able to identify two things, right? Emotionally competent people, yes, and emotional intelligence, yes, and how you deal with that and how you manage it, yes. right? That's one. The second thing is understanding power and authority mm -hmm. in a complex organization, right? Um, there, there are people who have power to get things done. And then there are people who have the authority to get things done, mm -hmm. right? And those are two very different things. Yes. Right. And sometimes power is granted to you by the people who believe in right. you, versus force, and that's that's associated with authority. So I'm going to plug a book called Power Versus Force. You leaders need to read it. It's fascinating, and it's how you manage um, the opposite um, um, principles of power, which is inherent and granted, yeah. and force, which is taken and sometimes abused. So. Yeah, it's interesting because people in institutions have authority to make decisions, mm -hmm. but sometimes they don't have the power to do it. They haven't been empowered by the people around them. Right. Mm -hmm. And some people have the power, but no authority. Right. Right. And you have to figure out that balance and that I've kind operated of in that, yeah. that arena for a while because yeah. as a faculty member, I didn't have authority. But, but you have a lot I, of power. Yeah, I did. And, and I tried to use my powers to do good. So, yeah. yes, um, we were going to talk about something. Oh, so for politics, one of the things that we discussed previously was um, understanding power really means turning the lens um, introspectively and recognizing your own feelings about power. Yeah. Um, so one of the examples that I gave was for a Latina, um, 
a lot of us are developing new principles, right? New wave principles on subservience. Um, not being comfortable with having the expectation that we have to have dinner on the table five nights a week, you know, or yeah. seven nights a week, or for some of us, even one night a week, right? We should have the freedom to decide how we're going to do these things. But when you evaluate your own um, perspective of what power is in your own life, in your own role, then I think you can have a better understanding of politics because politics is about power. But if you don't have an opinion about power and empowerment, then how can you possibly understand or get a good read of the politics at an institution? Yeah. Um, you, you, emotional intelligence is what you need to rely on, but you can't develop that if you don't develop yourself. Yeah. So you do have to question, you know, how do I feel about this power structure that I observe in my home or, and I'm trying to make waves for anyone. This is my own personal story, but, um, so people are going to go hungry. Because right. of me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. I'm just saying develop an opinion about the, you know, and, yeah. and weigh it like, okay, so I'm not comfortable with this, but at the same time, my family wants to eat. So, um, but then develop opinions about the power structures around you professionally. Yeah. What do you notice? And, and it's only when you notice things and have an opinion about them that you can qualify to operate in the arena of politics. Yeah, and it's scary. It, you cannot be, I, I said this to a, a mentee the other day, I said, you cannot be passionate about a subject and not be educated. Yeah. It yeah. just doesn't work in higher ed. Yeah, you have to be educated yeah. about it. We want the research. So the last thing we wanna talk about um, is, is moving. Okay. Right and relocating and engaging in different institutions mm -hmm. as well as uh, different environments in the United States, I mean, cities, mm -hmm. communities. Right. Um, I share this because I had an incident in which I was interviewing for a job uh, out in Arizona, mm -hmm. and um, from the get go, I knew I wasn't going to Arizona. But they had asked me to apply. Right, I, I told them I wasn't interested. They were very aggressive, so I said, "Do a phone call." Right. And as we were progressing forward, they called to say, you're the leading candidate. We'd like to know uh, how serious you are about this. And I said, I'm not very compliment. serious. Right. Mm -hmm. I get a good compliment. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm not very serious. I haven't, you know, um, and the search agent told me we knew from the start that you weren't a very serious candidate. And then I was all shocked, you know, <gasps> hurt. What? Right? Like it wasn't how mutual. How did you know the truth? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she said to me, uh, one of our most difficult things is to engage with Latino leaders hmm. because they're not willing to relocate. Right. Right. And, and we've so, discussed this before. You know, talking but... about how you leave your family, how you pick mm -hmm. up, you leave your community and relocate to another one. That's that's something that I think is really hard. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still working on it. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think that to be able to get promoted, sometimes you have to go up. I mean, to go up, you have to get out. Right. Right. And that may mean not in the same city, not the same institution. Right. And thinking about, you know, just kind of how you engage in that. It's building awareness, you know, that in higher education, like for me, you know, recently getting my doctorate, it's just knowing and, and understanding that just because you got that credential doesn't mean that you necessarily get to stay at your institution. Yeah. Um, you have to be prepared to move on. And I follow a lot of... Um, researchers and scientists on Twitter. Um, there are all kinds of um, groups for like graduate students, doctoral students, and mm -hmm. a lot of them are very science-oriented people who in their industry, it is nothing to pick up and leave and go to no. a new city because that's where the research grant is at and that's what's gonna pay your tuition. 
Um, so I see it a lot in higher ed, and I think it can become the norm if you look for the norm. I mean, within your own community, it may not be the norm for someone to leave, uproot their family and take them. But in the world, it's not that unusual. It's not. In the and you world. and I, you know, when we reflect back on our kind of paths through college, you and I both left. Far right? away. Far we away. went far away. Uh, and mm -hmm. that proved to be very beneficial for us, right? Mm -hmm. Although it was uncomfortable to be in Lubbock, Texas and have my parents down in Central Texas. I was more right? excited than uncomfortable. Uh, I was excited, but it was a little uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, first dirt storm in Lubbock, you don't know what to do. You want to call your no. mom. <laughs> no, no, I'm from the valley, so we have nothing but dirt storms because it's a valley. So <laughs> if there's a breeze, it includes dirt. Um, well, there was, related to this move thing, mm -hmm. we can do our grito. Sure. If you're ready. Let's talk about yes. who we're sh giving our shout out to, our okay. grito. Our grito is to uh, a, a young Latina that I admire very much, that I have admired since I met her. Who um, has great taste she, so in professionals, is, this right? This is hilarious. Okay, so this is why he's saying this. Okay, let me put you in the circle <laughs> of, of trust here, the information, the insider information. I was talking to this young woman uh, and uh, she said, you know, we need to find a speaker for our conference, the First Generation Success Conference. and. Uh, to be held in March of 2020 and she said oh I got this I have this idea and but I don't know if we can get him because I don't know I heard him speak when I worked at another institution and now I don't know if, if he's available he's very busy I see him on LinkedIn <laughs> <laughs> it was him <laughs> I was like oh my god Daniel he's my mentor <laughs> it was so so funny she's thinking the big fish and I'm like the big fish is my friend you know so this can totally work out so of course now he's our, our, our keynote speaker we're very proud of that but um, she recently shared that she, she and I worked at the same institution she re, she had recently shared that you know she had always dreamed of working for a university um, and the reason that she's getting this grito today is because she kept her eye on the prize she mm -hmm. aspired towards something and she didn't grow her roots so deep that she would then be afraid to move when yeah. the opportunity came. The opportunity came and it, it was made, it was the timing worked out. It was perfect for her. She is now at, an, at a university and she is living the dream like some of us do when we wait and we're, we, we learn patience, yes, and we network. Um, the timing aligns. So Larissa Rios Cruz, we are very, very proud of you and we are, encouraging you to do what you've been doing in in our own group um, at our institution um, keep promoting others keep doing the work that that you started with us and um, remember to build those future latina leaders um, it's been so amazing to watch you take this and run with it and it, the payout has been great this is her dream she is really it's been watching uh, a flower just bloom Exciting. Um, and so I, I'm, I couldn't be more proud. I'm, I'm very proud to be associated with her and to watch her achieve that, that dream. Is, forward, yes. right? Yeah, it's really neat. Well, that's all we have. Thank you so much for watching us. Anything before we go? Yes, absolutely. So soon you will hopefully be receiving our Latinx oh, Learners yeah. newsletter. We're really excited You're about growing. our newsletter. Yeah. yeah. So it is in the works. Actually, we've got the first one ready to roll. So if you'd like to be added to the newsletter, just reach out to either one of us on LinkedIn or Facebook, wherever you're finding us. Um, and we will make sure that you are in there. Um, it's going to include information, short articles, how to, you know, refreshers of things we've already covered, uh, 
links and things like that. And uh, I thought there was one more thing that I wanted to cover, but it's not coming to me. Well, while she thinks about it, remember mm -hmm. to like, subscribe, and share our YouTube channel. Uh, we are trying to push our channel, although we're showing this on multiple mediums, be it Facebook, mm -hmm. Instagram, LinkedIn. Go back to YouTube and make sure you like and subscribe our channel. Yes, here it is. It was right in front of me. So I wanted to wrap it up with a quote on promotability um, that I wrote while you were talking. And so this okay. is a quote that we are both going to take credit for because it's both of our ideas. Promote your promotability depends on your deeply held values and your grandest vision for yourself. So you have to develop both your deeply held values and your grandest vision. So good luck doing that. We'll see you next time. Take care.